Listen, buddy, if you're looking for the Diet Frozen Yogurt Bar, it went out of business last summer. Actually, I'm looking for a Batman number 14. to another episode of the Coffee and Comics Podcast. As always, I'm your host, the Caffeinated Clinton Robinson. This time around, we're going to flex our pecs, pump those biceps, don our masks and tights, and step into the steel cage. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, tonight in the main arena, it's a knockdown, dragout fight of galactic proportions. I'll be reviewing Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia number one. Will this prove to be a slobber knocker, or will we be left high and dry? Well, let's dive into it and find out. Invasion from Planet WrestleTopia number one, A Date with Destiny. Writer Ed, the Carnage Artist Kunal, and Masculine Matt and Enton. Art by Dan the Body Chicade. Colors by Marissa Louise, a.k.a. Colonel Conslamstein. Letters by A Larger World Studios, also known as The North Hollywood Nightmares. Edited by Hangwoman Maria Huener. Designed by Fred Dr. Shonolove Chow. Published by Suspicious Behavior Studios. In Deep Space, 1999. A half-awake man in wrestling tights on monitor duty sees a television broadcast from the American Wrestling Federation and reports it as a mighty interesting signal. St. Paul, back in 1984. Rory Landell is preparing for his upcoming wrestling match. He's excited because tonight he's wrestling for the championship and slated to come out big winner. However, a meeting with the boss means a change of plans. Due to a bigger pay-per-view interest than expected, Rory's opponent will win. Rory's ego gets the better of him, and he storms out of the main arena. In the hallway, Rory's manager Don grabs him and escorts him back into the locker room to discuss the matter. Don gives him the equivalent of a pep talk, and all about, you know, getting out there, playing your role until you're given the chance to shine, nah, nah, nah. 
and then he departs to go get into his character. Later that night, after a match involving a wrestling bear, that's right folks, a wrestling bear, the announcers are talking up the upcoming match between Rory and Bob Schultz. Sir Cecil, the upstanding opposite of real-world announcer Mean Gene, I'm sure, interviews Rory before the match. Rory, in full vain glory, announces that it doesn't matter whether he wins the belt tonight or not. The world championship is old news! As of now, you're looking at the new galactic champion of the universe. He says this as he reveals his galactic champion belt, made from an extra wrestling belt and a pizza box. With that, Rock and Roll Rory storms out of the venue entirely with Don in tow, both of them off to seek their own paths. Fifteen years later, December 1999, we see a flabby sot of a man. Yep, this is Rock and Roll Rory, escorted by his manager, Don, appearing in a small-time wrestling venue. And I do mean small. It's a casino bingo hall. Rory is beyond washed up, and he is wrestling a little person matador. Yep, he's been brought down to the point of about ten different gimmicks wrapped into one just to draw interest. The match actually goes fairly well as far as entertaining the patrons. Rory is still a heel, but once he manages to get a good grip on his opponent, his drunkenness wins out and... Well, he manages not to puke this time, just pass out by falling out of the ring. In the casino offices, Don gets told that he and Rory are basically no longer welcome. Rory causes more in damage than he brings in cash-wise. So Don and Rory pack up and start heading to greener pastures. They hope. But not before Rory apparently managed to score with a prostitute in a car that the casino patrons could win. This guy has definitely hit rock bottom, folks. Don's getting too old and tired to put up with Rory's shenanigans. Rory, in a childish fit, says he'll make it on his own. He and Don part ways, much to Don's sadness. Back in space, on planet WrestleTopia, Rory's broadcast from 1984 about being the galactic champion reaches the monitors, and the message is relayed to even the highest heads of state. Planet WrestleTopia's leader, Manifest Destiny, declares that there is only one galactic champion. Him. To be continued. Alexander Hamilton, Aaron Burr. If you're a history lover or a musical lover, you probably know about both Hamilton and Burr's rise to power in the early stages of American history and their infamous duel. But what if you didn't know the full story? What if one of them was a werewolf? 
White Rocket Entertainment proudly presents a 48-page full-color comic book, Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Written by Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, art by Nate Niles, colors by Ace Wheelie and Ken Solomon, letters by Percival Constantine, and edited by Johanna Albrecht. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, available digitally on Kindle and Comics Central, C-O-M-I-X Central. Prefer a print copy? Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale, along with my other published works, are available at theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. That's theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com. Or you can buy it directly from me, creator Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, at any of my Comic-Con appearances. Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. Get your copy today. You won't regret it. Don't take my word for it. Here's what Ming Chen from AMC's TV series Comic Book Men had to say about it. I really enjoyed it. A lot of great werewolf scenes in here. A lot of great... Uh, this is how I wish history would be told to kids. <laughs> <laughs> Books like a- a Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. That's Hamilton vs. Burr, A Werewolf Tale. For the record, this is pretty much a book for an early teens audience or for those who just have some fond memories of the old WWF and WCW days of the 80s and early 90s. So naturally, it probably isn't quite for everybody. But what did I think of this overall? Well, let's just say it's something I've read. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. This is a coherent story. It was better on the second read-through, I think. The concept seems like something that would work pretty well as an animated series. But, of course, I'm going to have to dig just a tiny bit deeper, aren't I? The book captures the feel of the wrestling programs. It's fun to read the dialogue in voices similar to some of your favorite wrestlers, particularly Macho Man Randy Savage or Hulk Hogan. The characters' voices are perfectly distinct and easy to follow when different speech bubbles are present. You can even tell the difference between when they're in character and when they're not. The writing overall is pretty decent, even if a couple of transitions feel a little off. The art, while somewhat cartoonish, fits the story well. As I said before, I think this would work very well as an animated series. Each character looks distinct and the proportions are done well. I really enjoyed the designs of the wrestling costumes and the attire of people of Planet Wrestletopia. The colors are all appropriate and smooth. Nothing really jumps off the page, but nothing's lackluster either. I'm not sure the pacing is really the best in this intro issue, though. It feels like we probably should have gotten more of Planet Wrestletopia and the characters there, or maybe even a little bit of action from there. But I guess that's what brings you in for issue two, right? If you're a big fan of wrestling matches, then you'll enjoy the action beats in this issue. All in all, I'd have to say that this is a fun story in the making and not too shabby for a 32-page extravaganza. It's not perfect, but it's easily the best book about wrestlers defending Earth against alien wrestlers this side of the manga Kinikuman. That pretty much sums it up for me. I'm going to take a quick breather and be back to battle the listener feedback for a chance at the Podcast Wrestling Championship. Star Trek. Comic books. Mythology. Video games. 
Toys, Star Wars, just about any geeky topic you can think of could be covered on the Hammer Podcast, presented by Two True Freaks. Come join me, Gene Hendricks, for whatever my disjointed mental processes can come up with, and be careful, or you might just learn something before we're done. The Hammer Podcast is available monthly, both on its own iTunes feed and at twotruefreaks.com. And we're back. Last episode, we got Twitter favorites and retweets from Greg Arujo, Longbox of Darkness, Read More Comics, Alwyn De Bruin, Alan Middleton, Chris N., the, the last episode's guest, Sean, Anime Freaks, Green Lantern HG, Jack and Rick Present, Dr. G. Nerdologist, The Uncanny Abel Pazia, Dan Schwint, Cristatos, Longbox Crusade, Ryan Daly, who has a new show called Cheerscast, I suggest you all check it out, Todd Vanenhoven, Fanholes Podcast, Spidey, Whole Weight Brad, Chris of Bat Books for Beginners, Comics in the Golden Age, Jeffrey Brown, Bill Bear, Cash Flag, Anime Freaks, Two True Freaks, Relatively Geeky, Paul Matthew Carr, Collected Edition, Justice's First Dawn, Scott X, El Bulto, Comic News US, and Professor Frenzy. On Facebook, we got likes and shares from Gene Hendricks, Al Sadano, Jerry Green, Gautam Shioran, Gregor Rougeau, Pat Sampson, Mike Peacock, Sean Ross, and Aaron Head Moss. Not a lot of feedback on the last episode. Jeffrey Brown said that he more or less created that what-if scenario in Marvel Super Heroes Lego game, as best he could anyway. And Gregor Rougeau wrote in saying that uh, he kind of thought Sean and I ganged up on him. I don't know why, just because, you know, he had to help me with JL May, and he helped Sean with Secret Wars 2. Okay, okay, Greg, we'll probably have you on here for something a little better later on. We'll see. Uh, doesn't look like I've gotten any new iTunes reviews for a while, so it would be nice if anybody could kind of, you know, give me an iTunes review or two, and help the show get noticed just just a little bit, you know, just a little. But otherwise, that will do it. Going to wrap it up in a, in a nice little bow for a shorter episode this time around. So, stick around for the next episode. Come on back where the comics are never too old and the coffee is never too cold. This has been a Coffee and Comics production. All material referenced herein is copyright the respective owners and is believed covered under fair use. Feedback can be left by emailing coffeeandcomicspodcast at gmail.com, visiting the website at coffeeandcomicspodcast.blogspot.com, or on Twitter at coffeecomicsblg. Thank you.